Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, Manhattan Beach Chamber 360, on March 26, 2021. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That is exactly what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a beautiful place to do just that. The South Bay Show is brought to you by the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber of Commerce has been serving the community since 1941. It is an association of businesses, other entities, and individuals organized to encourage a strong local economy and quality of life by promoting commerce, sound government, and an informed membership and community. I'm your host, Joe Terry, and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose, that's what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. Joining us as co-host, the president and CEO of the Manhattan Beach Chamber, Kelly Stroman. Hey, Kelly, how are you today? Good morning, Joe. Happy Friday. It's a beautiful yes. day in the neighborhood. Uh, just, you know, yes. skies are crisp and clear and a few little clouds here and there, but it's a beautiful day. Spring is here. Happy spring. Happy spring. Happy spring. It is wonderful. Uh, we are blessed, so blessed to be, you know, living in a great country with great entrepreneurial traditions. Um and uh, there must be a lot of things going on now. Things are opening up. Things are opening up. And I have to say, I have been to three different restaurants this week only. I think that's more than I did in the entire last year. <laughs> um, it is, you know, and just I think all those, you know, kind of meetings, meal meetings and what have you, now people mm-hmm. are starting to feel more comfortable. Um, you know, meaning a course is um, still a big thing in Manhattan Beach, but as the restaurants went up to 25% indoor capacity, you have the option. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I have done both over this week. I've sat indoor twice, and I have been outside once. And, you know, it's so nice to get back to these restaurants, um, I, all of which are members, and, to, you know, to say hello, see the faces. You know, I, I, I've even had a few hugs. That's progress <laughs> this week. Um, I think, you know, people are feeling uh, still very, you know, cautious, but... Right. Feeling optimistic. I got my first vaccine last weekend. Um, okay. Kind of came, you know, as a surprise. It was one of these sites that had too many, you know, vaccines on enough people in one day, and like an urgent text went out, and uh, I mm-hmm. zoomed down there and got it. So I had the Pfizer vaccine, and only had kind of okay. a headache the next day. Even a um, little de- delayed reaction for me, and. Uh, that headache could have been mm-hmm. from something else too. Who knows? But so far, so good. And I've talked to so many people that are, you know, getting their first and their second uh, vaccine, and just feeling more positive. And there's definitely, you know, the weather's been nice, and 
oh, there's positivity out there. I'm so excited after 300 and now like 75 days, you know, of mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. having our style cramped, Joe. <laughs> we're, we're getting back. We're getting our mojo <laughs> on. So, um, you know, very, right. very exciting. And it truly is wonderful to um, get back indoors to some of these restaurants. I mean, one night it was, it was very windy in downtown, so we sat inside, and I was so grateful for that. But Anywho, the the food the, the owners are still there. The food is still fabulous, and you know it's mm-hmm. nice to see some familiar faces too. So, um, yes. you know that's a lot of fun. And then I do have to say, you know, one of my um, meals was lunch over at the Manhattan Village Shopping Center at the new restaurant Joey, uh, which is um, mm. a group out of Canada and who have kind of laid the roots here in Los Angeles and just opened um, Joey. It's a large restaurant at Manhattan Village in the new area out there in the plaza. And that plaza is open. Not all the stores and um, businesses are open yet, but it's beautiful. There's a big clock tower. There's a water feature. Um, Last night I was over there again um, eating at Mercado, and then I walked through the plaza, you know, like at uh, whatever. It was 8.30 at night, whatever, the lights, and I'm like, Oh, it's mm-hmm. becoming another gathering place, you know, in Manhattan Beach, mm-hmm. um, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, for people on the east side or people going down Sepulveda. So um, the Manhattan Village Shopping Center continues, you know, to open. Um, you're going to start seeing a lot of more restaurants and shops pop up and open and the, as the build-out mm. continues. And very, very exciting. Mm-hmm. So, um, you right. know, there's, there's some exciting things happening out there. So, yes. And then, um, you know, businesses are, you know, just, you know, itching to have events and do things, which not all that's clear yet, but um, there's, you know, a few, most things are still kind of on Zoom as far as larger events go and what have you, but there's a few little things popping Mm -hmm. up. There's there's a new store in downtown Manhattan Beach that opened about uh, six months ago called Corpo Bonito, and it's a Brazilian kind of uh, swimwear store. Uh, The owner comes from Mm -hmm. Miami Beach area and opened out here, and really brings kind of that, you know, gosh, I mean, just festive uh, Brazilian type mm. of uh, flavor to her her swimwear store. Uh, some of the um, swimwear is handmade, crocheted. It's absolutely gorgeous. little mini mm. carnival trunk show in her store tomorrow from 4 to 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. So you can go in. Um, it's going to have, you know, carnival music and, um, <laughs> you know, I'm sure she'll just bring it alive with her, uh, with her roots and, and make it a lot of fun. So that's on Manhattan Avenue, uh, 1149 Manhattan Avenue down in downtown Manhattan Beach. The store is called Corpo Bonito. Um, mm. We have a big event next week on Wednesday. We actually have two events. Um, in oh, oh, uh, the oh, evening. Oh. Kelly? Kelly? Yes. It's a big event? Yes. Well, then we have to have... I love you, Please. Joe. Thank you. Okay, we're going to need that one more time, so hang on to that. Um, okay, <laughs> in the evening, we have the Young Entrepreneurs Academy. Uh, the YEA, as we uh, refer to it, is um, doing their big investor panel, which is that Shark Tank-style moment where all the students that have been um, meeting over the last 20 weeks get to pitch their business idea, um, some of it's 
Some of them are products. Some are nonprofits. There's all different things going on. Um, you know, pitch their business idea, show their business plan, talk about startup costs, and ask for startup funding. So that is next Wednesday, March 31st from 5 to 7.30 p.m. on Zoom. We were wow. really hoping to meet in person again this year, but we can't. Um, Super exciting for these young kids who are uh, grades 6 through 12, you know, competing for startup seed funding. And then one will be named the overall winner and will represent Manhattan Beach at the national competition, which is called the Saunders Competition. Normally it's in Rochester, Mm -hmm. New York. Um, That will be on Zoom on June 12th. So I'm super Mm -hmm. excited for that. Mm -hmm. And then if you would do me the honor of having that drum roll one more time, I have a really exciting event um, also on Wednesday. So go for it. Give me the drum roll. Really exciting event. (laughs) Okay. We, the chamber, is um, hosting a new event called Phenomenal Women. Um, mm. do, you, do you know a phenomenal woman in your life? I think I know a few phenomenal women in my life. Uh, <laughs> and I'm very lucky to be, you know, somewhat acceptable to them, I think, is the, the yeah. phrase that I like to use. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> um, never under never underestimate the power of a woman, right? Um, this right, event is called right. Phenomenal Women Purposely Powerful. So we're going to be speaking with 13 local leaders um, about their power, their purpose, their intention, how they discovered that, you know, what really is their calling in life, how they found and activated yes. their superpower. You know, how did that happen? When did yes. it happen? Maybe it hasn't happened for some of them. Um, we're going to talk about work-life balance and, re- and, then, and then also, you know, how to calm yourself and how to center and so you can be even more purposely powerful. But we have a really, really, really exciting um, group of ladies. Um, we have two panels and four speakers, and they're all locals. Um, we have Dr. Mm. Eliza Shaw, who we've had on the show before from Lift Your Leadership. Right. She's yep. going she's gonna to start mm. us off and set that mood. Um, we have Linda Reeves from PFLAG. Sandy Abrams is a local who is so gifted in the health and wellness field, and um, she has a book called Breathe to Succeed. She's going to end the day with, you know, setting us in the right mindset. Uh, the chairman of our board, mm-hmm. Latrice McLaughlin, is going to be reading the Phenomenal Woman um, poem by Maya Angelou, which is so wonderful and so powerful. And then panel number mm-hmm. one will have former mayor Amy Howarth, um, the founder of South Bay Families Connected, Laura McIntyre, the CEO and president mm-hmm. of the World um, Surf Organization, uh, Chris Promacio, and Tamla Lewis from AEG and Dignity Health Sports Park. And then number panel number two, we'll have our Sylvie Gabrielle from Love and Salt, who we've had on the show. Um, we've had Stephanie Cochran mm-hmm. from The Wasteless Shop, B.B. Uh, Goldstein, yes, founder have. of Buying Time, Inc., Laura Sutton from South Bay Mommies and Donnies, and Lolly Ramazani mm-hmm. from Always Best Care. So most of these ladies mm-hmm. are familiar to you and to the South Bay show, but um, and if they're not, I need to get them on. Um, but 
all these <laughs> phenomenal women are going to be sharing their stories. We're going to ask them some questions, and we're going to come together to kind of, you know, put all these beautiful minds together for a two-hour event on Wednesday from 1130 to 130. Um, you can mm-hmm. still register. Registration is free thanks to our many, many, many sponsors um, who support the chamber. We, um, all women are welcome. doesn't matter if you live in Manhattan Beach or South Bay. If you, if you live in New York or in Paris, mm-hmm. you're welcome to tune in. Um, you can go to our website, ManhattanBeachChamber.com, um, click on the big banner on the homepage, and register for Phenomenal Women. Purposely Powerful, next Wednesday, March 31st, 11.30 to 1.30. Uh, we hope to see many, many people there. Any age um, is appropriate. So with that being said, we have another yes. very phenomenal lady um, as our guest today on the show. I'm, I'm really Powerful. excited to have her. Passionate. Uh, this is those things, you know, I've been an entrepreneur most of my life, Kelly, and it's uh, <clears throat> it's not an easy road for anyone. Um, and we're just gonna we're gonna have a, a, a soulful conversation, as you said, with uh, one of the top um, entrepreneurs here in the South Bay, um, living the entrepreneur life. Kelly, who's our guest today? Our- are we ready? Okay. Our guest today is ready? Kelly, another Kelly, uh, Kelly Bailey Haley, <laughs> uh, the power of Kelly. Um, Kelly <laughs> Bailey Haley is a lifelong resident of Manhattan Beach and um, created Homey, a wonderful little cafe and meeting spot in downtown Manhattan Beach in 2018. Uh, Kelly her roots run very deep in Manhattan Beach. She grew up here in the 60s and 70s, a time when she and her sister could roam freely as young children through the fields, which are now occupied by so many businesses on like Sepulveda and other areas. Um, the beach was their playground, and downtown Manhattan Beach was their zone. They knew all the merchants and even enjoyed accounts at the local grocery store where they could buy anything they needed from food to shoes. Uh, when Kelly was growing up, she served as a – her first job was as a sandwich delivery girl for Talia's Restaurant, which also had a deli at the time. And then mm. she was the mm. first female bartender at Urkeley's, I think the oldest standing business in Manhattan Beach, um, and a fabulous bar. She was <laughs> surrounded by men, and she – you know, with that dusty personality that we all know in Kelly, she was the first – female bartender at Urkeley's um, way back when. Yeah, Urkeley's has been around since 1972. So really um, a cool story there. I can hardly wait to hear more about that from Kelly. Um, you know, later in life, after she was kind of tired of being in the restaurant business, she, um, she was a nurse she, for 19 of those years. Uh, she specialized in uh, pediatric oncology and brain tumors at Chalk Hospital Los Angeles. Um, After 29 years of being a dedicated nurse, she decided to retire. But that didn't last long. And after about six weeks, she decided that she needed to open a restaurant, kind of return to that, you know, return to her home and her roots in Manhattan Beach and her love. And she created the most charming little space called Homey Manhattan Beach. 
um, right on Highland, just across the alley from the kettle, and put her heart and soul into it over the last three years, which is kind of only the last two years because of the pandemic shutting things down. Um, they served over 29,000 honey lavender lattes, over 38,000 breakfast burritos. <laughs> they greeted people. Um, wow. She even allowed kids uh, that were locals, if she out like the LSD experience growing up in Manhattan Beach, um, she poured her heart and soul into this. Um, the pandemic has taken a toll on every business, and just recently, did to you know sell homey to someone else, and she closed the door for the last time as Kelly's homey on Sunday. So we're getting her five days later. Hopefully, she's had a little rest since then. Maybe not quite yet, but we're um, very pleased and happy to welcome Kelly Bailey Haley to the show. Hi, Kelly. Hello, Joe. Hi, Kel. How are you guys? We are we are great, but uh, <laughs> you you are setting an example. Um, not many business owners who just closed their business five days ago would be willing to talk to us and to <laughs> share with people. You know, how are you? What's going on? How is the world right now? Well, it is the way I remember it about three years ago, and everything that's happened in between then has been a bit of a whirlwind, but it's interesting Mm -hmm. how uh, I just restarted being like a local Manhattan Beach person. I went out to dinner Mm -hmm. um, on Monday night, and last night I got together with a couple of gals, and we took a bike ride and went and had a cocktail and Mm -hmm. I did some local shopping and running around and last night I watched the sunset super weird so I feel like (laughs) my memories of normal life are (laughs) just picking up right where I left them Um, it's Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. definitely a transition of um, I have woken up in the morning multiple times this week thinking uh oh, I need to get going. Um mm-hmm. I used to pick up the pastries for this uh for the day here at Homey. We always served fresh pastries and they're made by a French bakery that only sells to the industry. Um, but they don't mm-hmm. deliver because I was too small of a company. Mm-hmm. But they are truly made by a French family who speaks no English and uh, so I would uh, go and drive and get them, and then and then drive back and try not to pull over and eat one. But um, <laughs> I got to the restaurant every morning at six thirty, and then I stayed until it closed at night. And I never left. I never took a day off. Uh, it it uh, mm-hmm. that was the hardest part of owning the restaurant. It was very consuming, and mm-hmm. so. Uh, well, I feel like I'm supposed to be someplace. I'm really looking forward to not, you know, <laughs> not being anywhere. That's nag, that nagging feeling that I should be somewhere. I don't know yeah. where, but I should be somewhere. <laughs> exactly. But you are somewhere. Uh, you're right here. You're, you're, right, you're right next to about a thousand people right now. You're right, right sitting on the sofa with a thousand people who are saying 
we loved homie. We loved homie. Why does it happen that the best places don't don't stay our entire lives? Why is that? Well, I may have uh, bitten off a bit more than I could chew. You know, I did this on my own. And for a reason, I wanted to, I, I, frankly, I wanted to be able to make my own decisions. Um, I wanted to take responsibility for something that I wasn't sure if my ideas would be embraced or um, or I could um, maintain the pace or whatnot. But I wanted that to be my responsibility, and I wanted to give 15 people a job and and be their boss and 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 in that sense take responsibility for them make sure they were paid on time make sure we had what they needed to do to do their job um mm-hmm. and so i i kind of mavericked my way through that first year i had a local friend and female business owner here in town tell me that I should consider hiring a manager, and unfortunately, I, I was not that financially successful where I could see, oh, I could hire a manager, a, a quality manager, mm. giving me less time here, but then I, I would I would have almost no profit. That's how tight the margin was mm-hmm. here. So mm-hmm. I thought, mm-hmm. okay, well, we'll give it another year, and maybe what's two years out of your life, I could do that. And then the COVID situation hit, and it was very apparent from the get-go that I wouldn't be having anybody work for me. I would, again, be working as much as I could just to keep the front doors open. We never closed. During Mm -hmm. COVID, we were fortunate enough to be part of the Feed the Heroes program, and Mm -hmm. uh, we survived on phone orders and walk-in to go orders, and mm-hmm. we just kept chugging along, but I didn't um, didn't take a break. And then this past Christmas, mm-hmm. I think everybody was a bit disillusioned by still being under a lot of restrictions and feeling frustrated and needing a break. And so we did take a small Christmas vacation, came back mm-hmm. in January, and started up all over again. Mm -hmm. So if I were going to (laughs) say to anybody that wanted to do something like this, um, it takes a lot of energy. It takes a village. You can't do it on your own. Mm. And um, don't don't, um, have a global pandemic for a year. Yeah, That that really takes a bite out. I do remember my Um, ex-husband mentioning to me, you should have had a better business plan. And I thought, gosh, mm-hmm. you know what? I missed the line where I was supposed to say, and in the event of zombies or locusts <laughs> or pandemics, this will be our next mm-hmm. step. <laughs> At least he's yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the unknown. This one I didn't plan for. You know, that's no one Kelly, that's- could. It's funny what you say that because at the probably second or third month into the pandemic and, um, at, you know, from the chamber, I was sitting on calls and Zoom calls 
every day, often two-thirds of the day, deciphering all the information, the different rules, the different programs, the different employment law issues, the, you know, the different loans for you guys, so I could disseminate that information back to the business community. And at one point on a national call, they had, you know, quote, unquote, an expert um, business consultant. And at that time, he said, you know, your business really needs to be um, – he used the term bulletproof. Um, that's kind of a, a tough yeah. word to use these days. But um, he did use that term, and um, it needs to be able to withstand and, you know, and bounce back easily from, you know, from any pot- uh, potential hurdle. And, you know, he said, you know, if, you, if there's an earthquake, you know, you should be able to operate, you know, online. Your, your computers need to be backed up at your home or whatever type mm-hmm. of thing, right, you know? And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what, what's so ironic is, you know, yeah, yeah, how could you ever have, well, now we will, but before, no one had a plan. You know, there was no manual. No, there was no book. There was no, absolutely no way how to navigate um, a pandemic. And no one, you know, a year ago, nine months ago, had any idea that we would still be in this, you know, a year from now, too. So, um you know what? Anybody who says that, you know, let's let's give them the keys. Let's let's job swap for a few days. <laughs> and let them try to figure mm-hmm. it out. You know, because man, there is no there is no rules of the road, and you know, particularly the restaurant community um, has just had to jump through you know, hula hoops and hurdles and tunnels and over walls to open, close, open, close, open a little bit, close more. You know, I mean, it has been um, a, a true test of fortitude and um, mentally, fiscally, you know, physically, it's just been absolutely insane. But I want to go back to the beginning of Homey. Um, and, Kelly, if you want to talk, you know, too, about more about your childhood and nah. your experience with Her- Hercules and Talia, maybe we start there yeah. a little bit. Let's go back to old Manhattan Beach. Not that you're old or I'm old, but, uh. you know, the, the, good, the good old days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what was it like when you were, like, that sandwich delivery girl for Talia mm-hmm. and then going to Hercules? Talk about that. Oh, geez. Let's see. So I was 15 when Ron Guidon built Talia's, that's right where Fishing with Dynamite is now. They actually bought mm-hmm. that building and um, built a deli. And I uh, <clears throat> obviously met, was local to most of the store owners. And I went in one day and just asked if he needed help and I'm sure he must have asked my age, and I suspect I might have fibbed. But um, he said, I could use you as a sandwich delivery girl. Do you have a car? And again, I think I might have fibbed and said, of course. So then I had to scramble, and I used my bike. And I would come in the morning and pick up the sandwiches that had been ordered and I'd put them in my bike basket and thank God they were all local so I didn't have to Mm. ride my Mm. bike up to like Redondo or something (laughs) and then uh, slowly through what I think must have been loyalty to 
deliver those. He uh, his business grew and grew, and he offered me position as a hostess, and then eventually as a waitress. And it was uh, it was a, a business that I thought was incredibly charming. And when I first started Homie, I asked Ron um, and Lisa Guy down for advice. I've stayed friends with them over the years, and um, what to do, how to do it, where do I need to start, what will come up when I Mm. least expect it, all kinds of of secrets of the trade. And um, they were incredibly gracious about it, and they have been good customers over the years. But I'll always give 100% of the credit them for the idea of opening homie because while it wasn't Talia's was much more fancy it was similar in its quaintness and its feeling of feeding locals so then let's see I think I did the European angsty thing that we all did in our 20s and then I came <laughs> back mm-hmm. and I uh, used to have some beverages at Hercules sometimes. <laughs> My mom had, mm-hmm. uh, over the years, known the owner, um, just on a personal level, just friends. And uh, one day I was in there um, just chatting with the owner, and he said, do you know how to count money? And I said, uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely can do that. And he said, I need a bookkeeper. Um, I don't trust any of these guys behind the bar, and I'm getting tired and whatnot. So I became his daytime bookkeeper. Uh, that is done downstairs in the dungeon. It's pretty interesting if you've mm-hmm. never gone into the downstairs part of Hercules. It's subterranean, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. And it has it's very dark and it's damp and there's uh they store their cakes down there <clears throat> and there's a little desk, must be two hundred years old, and then there's a giant <laughs> safe, one of those big safes that you see in a Western movie. Uh you could get inside <laughs> the safe, it's that big and you so you count the money and you write it down in a notebook and then you put it in the giant safe. That was my whole job. So that mm. lasted for maybe six months, and he <clears throat> he had told me that he was tired, and I didn't think much of it. And at the time, um, I think he was he was getting uh, his heart condition was getting worse, but he was very stoic about it. And then one day he was taken to the hospital rather urgently, and he <clears throat> uh, he definitely had been progressing in his at that point with his heart disease and so I went to see him and he said um you know of course I'll be fine nothing's going to happen and um I said all right well I'll just keep things running he goes well you I do need you to do one other thing for me and I'm going to need you to bartend (laughs) (laughs) my first reaction was and I literally said it to him they're never going to let me do it and he and I knew both the men who who sit in there every single day, wonderful old local guys, a little bit crotchety sometimes, are never going <laughs> to let a girl behind the bar. It's just not going to happen. It's not that they don't like yeah. me. It's just not going to happen. Uh, 
And he said, it'll work. You tell him I, I decided, made this decision, it'll work. And I said, okay, I give it one week, and if I come back to you and tell you that it's just not working, you're going to have to believe me. Well, it worked, and it was fun, and I was loved and embraced. And I think everybody always hmm. wanted Gary to be successful, and everybody loved Irks. And so Irks was another uh, example of something I wanted, a feeling that I wanted when I opened Homey. Um, hmm. A feeling like you would see the same people you would each time you went in, or you, the bartender, knew what your favorite drink was, or, and um, you always could uh, could just find a uh, you know you could find a stool and and hang out. Mm-hmm. So uh, I finally left Irks to start my nursing career. And I was a nurse for 29 years. And then, as Cal mentioned, I retired and stayed retired for about two months, got bored, mm-hmm. and opened Tommy. So <laughs> I remember when I, Kelly, when I first met you, you were still transitioning and you, uh, Homie hadn't opened yet. You were waiting for, like, basically the keys. You uh-huh. pulled up in your little Porsche and you jumped out in your scrub. <laughs> In, in your scrub, and yeah. I, I, my office was up above you, you know, and I yeah. and I had just come down the stairs, you know, at the same time, and I'm like, oh, hi, are you, like, you know, the new owner? And you're like, yes, and you were all, you were busy, and I was headed somewhere, and and I'm looking at her, going, if she's a doctor, why is she opening a restaurant <laughs> here? You know, and you were all stressed because you were waiting for the keys or the, the you know, the inspection or whatever. And, and I, I just remember that vividly, the, you know, those blue scrubs and pulling up, you know, in in that little 20-minute oh, zone, you know. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. that's oh, funny. I don't, I, I don't recall that. I had taken on what they call per diem nursing uh, after I retired from the hospital, I just that would go do nursing visits, or I would be, I would make myself available for a nursing agency if they needed somebody, and it worked for my schedule. Mm-hmm. And I do believe I was dabbling in that, just kind of waiting till Homie could all come together. And so, um, yeah, I nursed. I guess now that I think about it, right up until I restauranted. Well, okay, so let's go down this road. I um, obviously, you know, growing up in Manhattan Beach, great training for opening a business in Manhattan Beach. Um, obviously, working for Talia's under the Guidon, you know, it, delivering sandwiches, let me just say, way mm. before electric bikes were even a thought. In oh, the yeah. Way, way, way before, right? Um, and then uh, I would say, Bookkeeping and ultimately bartending and all of the above at Erkley's. All super great foundation for learning how to open and run a business. Um, but I would probably um, beg to say, too, that being a nurse for 29 years, also was great training and learning how to take care uh-huh. of people, learning how to pivot quickly, you know, clearly and that demand. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think people, you know, often land at something that is a combination of all their life experience. And uh, would you agree that all of that oh, did yeah. play in 
Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. I, it, one of the things that um, I probably drew on the most from my nursing uh, career that, that I drew on the most running this business um, was this ability not to panic, um, not to overreact not to uh, throw up my hands and say, oh, I have no idea how to handle this. When I was a nurse in pediatric oncology, children would often, the status, let's say their health status or specifically like their breathing status, whatnot, would change in from a mm-hmm. minute to a minute and you had an emergency on your hands. Um, that's just one of a hundred examples of what could what went on during my day, and the you needed to be able to pivot calmly, uh, thought with with intention and thought in your mind. You had to be a solutions oriented person. Uh, we had to be able to function autonomously. So when I brought that to the restaurant, I did it <clears throat> very subconsciously, but realized that, for an example. On a Saturday when an employee doesn't show up for their shift and the bathroom faucet is leaking and the dishwasher is making a funny noise and there's a customer in the front of the restaurant who says that um, we didn't make their eggs the way they ordered them. All these things had to be solved at any given moment. in some sense of urgency, uh, each each thing mm-hmm. thought it was the most urgent, especially the lady with the eggs. Um, <laughs> so in in Manhattan Beach, um, I call it the modification capital of the world. So um, that is modify my order, please. Anyway, yeah. uh, I I got off on another tangent there. Um, that <laughs> skill set of nursing came in handy so many times. I I could safely say it came in handy on a daily basis. Yes. Uh, the, the ability to look at something and decide how important it was or how critical it was. And, and 99% of the time, it's just not that big of a deal to me. It's like unless you have a bone sticking out or you're bleeding and I can't stop it, I'm probably going to deal with it pretty simply. Like, that was the way in my head it stuck out. Like, this isn't that big of a deal, you know? You could turn off the water, turn off the dishwasher. Let's look at it. Let's think about it. Somebody didn't show up? Well, that's what I'm here for. Things like that. Everything seemed solvable, whereas I did not have a a friend or a relation to me that could have ever done that. It just, it is something that, it's a, it's a skill set. And I was fortunate enough to have it. The restaurant well, business you did is it, super yeah. unpredictable. Oh, my goodness. Well, it is, and it is super unpredictable. And and then you add on the most unpredictable year, hopefully, of our mm-hmm. lives. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you you mentioned you mentioned bones sticking out and being able to adapt. <laughs> and I just want to say you're probably going to kill me for bringing this up, but um, yeah. Kelly is a true superwoman, Joe, because 
And she poured what? her heart and soul and her feet into that business. <laughs> she painted walls. She hung chandeliers. She did so much on her own. And I can say that because it was my office literally was directly above um, the bathroom <laughs> area. So I would hear the pounding of the of the, the paintings <laughs> into the wall and everything. And Kelly, was it right before you opened or like right yeah. after you opened when you were hanging another chandelier or yeah. doing something? She falls so, off a ladder. Yeah, in the yeah. back of the restaurant, there's, um, a, I guess, rafters, if you will, over this uh, part, uh, over the bathrooms and whatnot. There's a pretty good crawl space in there for storage. And I was up in mm-hmm. there putting some stuff away, and it, was tall that space is higher up than the ladder goes um and so i was backing out of the space kind of shimming my butt back and mm-hmm. i went to step down to where i thought the top of the ladder would be and missed it entirely and that foot that was stepping back uh took the brunt of my weight and landed on the cement floor, and indeed it is a cement floor. It used to be an auto shop back here. Um, so I shattered it. Um, yes, mm. bone was sticking out. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> I always use that analogy. Um, I probably, I, I was alone. It was dark. Um, I didn't have, I did have my phone in my back pocket, but when I landed it, somehow skittered across the floor and I knew that it was bad um, by looking at it I knew I also had to stop the bleeding so I took off my sweatshirt and tied it around my foot and then I crawled to my phone Mm -hmm. and I thought okay well I can I have a very close friend who runs the emergency room at Torrance Memorial I'll just get a ride over there we're going to deal with it he's on shift tonight and I'll just clean this mess up tomorrow. I don't know what else to do. I'm just going to have to go. So <laughs> that's about mm-hmm. the extent of it. Well, unfortunately, I will remember now that when they there was four doctors with me and they were looking at the x-rays and I was saying, okay, so it's just sprained, right? And this bone, this bone sticking out, you're just going to reset that tonight, right? And all four of them looked at me and went, mm, probably not going to go like that tonight. And I was like, well, wait a minute, what's wrong? I have to go to work tomorrow. And so that uh, then started seven months of recovery. I ended up having it rebuilt three times. And uh, I got a couple of unfortunate infections. I was in the hospital four times. Um mm. And I, for the first year, had an IV in my arm, and I would give myself my own infusions here in the office of Homie. And I was on crutches. I was on what I called the cooter scooter. It was one of those little <laughs> push scootery things, which my employees hated because right. I was always I always ran over their feet. Um, <laughs> I had a boot. I had everything, and I just kept chugging along. Uh, in retrospect, I did not let it heal properly. It did heal. Um, I kept going, and it healed, and I now walk on it. But I have 
part of the decision to sell Hummy was to have my foot corrected. So they will mm. uh, rebuild it this time, and I will properly rehab. It's It has given me... It, well, let's say it has taken away some of my ability to do things that I enjoy. And so the limitations um, of it right now are not worth it, and I want to get it fixed. So for anybody right. just starting to listen, all this was done as she was opening a restaurant. Oh, so show. sorry. That was your question. It was a month <laughs> to the, It was a month to the day after I opened, exactly yeah. four weeks. Yeah. Uh, so not running at top speed yet, you know, lots mm-hmm. of little details still being ironed out. And so from my hospital bed, I I commanded and I had a couple of employees who were invaluable and my phone rang or I got a text about every five minutes for multiple weeks and we just got through it. We got through yep, it. You, well, you did, and you went through many surgeries and many trials and tribulations. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people did rally around you, but yes, I think yes. pretty much pretty much when you were done with those surgeries and those crutches is when the pandemic started. So, Kelly, you are you, you are you are a superwoman. I mean, it, really, I mean that you. It is amazing when we really sit here now and look back. Right? It's like. I mean, and there's plenty of happy moments at homey, you know. Um, what, what's one of your favorite moments at homey? Oh, well, favorite... okay, without a question of a doubt, this one's so easy to me. You know, when we first opened, I I have, I have, love dogs. I'm a dog person. So um, I thought, well, I want dogs to be able to come in. I want dogs sitting with their owners. I want to meet mm-hmm. dogs. And so I immediately just said, well, I'm going to open a a dog-friendly cafe. There's, like, hashtags for it and stuff. It has to exist. And I did. And people were shocked about the dog thing. Like, what? I can bring my dog in? And this grew a whole life of its own. Dogs, 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 everywhere in here. Never a single problem with a single dog. Nobody got aggressive. Nobody had an accident. Um, And it became well known that this was a dog place. And so... My my one of my all time favorite memories is one morning I was opening, and I was by myself, and a lady came in and she must have been one of those professional dog walkers. She had like nine dogs with her all on leashes, <laughs> and they were all listening to her, and they squeezed through the doorway all together. And she stood at the register <laughs> and she ordered her coffee. And I thought, for this brief one moment in time there are more dogs in my cafe than humans and so i'll always remember that moment i achieved my goal i opened a dog restaurant and it was the cutest dang thing i just loved it but in my first employee meeting that i ever had i used to play a little game with them where i'd ask them specific questions like how many honey lavender lattes did we serve this month and uh, how many new customers versus returning customers. I had all of this information at my hand because my point of sale system ran very specific numbers for me. Actually kind of fun to look at that. But I one of the questions was what's the best investment I have made 
since I've opened the restaurant. And that was a stumper. Mm-hmm. No one got it right. It was dog bones. I could spend about 60 bucks a month. That would fill two massive bowls every day, all day long. I bought dog bones by the case. And, <laughs> um, and for that, I got the loyalty of dog owners. And I and I had a I got a reputation for it, and I didn't. You can't put a price tag on that. And it mm-hmm. was a win-win. I loved the dogs. I knew I to this day know most of the dogs that would come in here by name, and mm-hmm. they got their bone, and I got my little visit, and we got a great reputation. So that's mm-hmm. truly like the one, and that's the top thing, hands down. Dogs. I love that. Dogs. Yeah. In fact, on my website, which I think is currently disabled because they're changing the ownership uh, page of it. Um, So you open up and you see this really groovy picture of this almond croissant and it's in this really fun font. And then across the banner at the top, it gives you categories that you can drop down to if you're looking for whatever you're looking for. And let's just say you're looking for the menu or the hours or whatever. And then one of the tabs is called Dogs of Homie. And all it is is pictures (laughs) of dogs that have been in here, sometimes candid, sometimes hugging. Um, it, It is so dang cute, I can't stand it. And I don't know a single restaurant that has that. I was the dogs or my thing. I I love that. Okay, we have about twelve minutes left, Kelly. Let's talk about doing business in Manhattan Beach and downtown Manhattan Beach. What what did what worked? What didn't work? You know what you know what would what advice would you give or what recommendations would you have? You know for the city for the chamber mm-hmm. anything else? Um. Okay, just in general, we'll start general and then maybe I can get slightly mm-hmm. more specific. Uh, opening a restaurant in downtown Manhattan obviously is not unique. We have an abundance of them. And so my goal was to figure out something that wasn't just a cookie cutter of everything else. And so the first thing that bubbled up was there's not a lot of restaurants open in the morning. Most of them are higher-end dinner houses. So that was that was a quick fix. That meant we were going to do things like breakfast burritos and avocado toast and protein bowls, and we were going to serve really good high-end coffee and make all kinds of specialty drinks. Uh, no blender, though. Um, we quickly came up with a yummy menu, and sure enough, our only competition was the kettle and Uncle Bill's, and then, I guess, uh, bagels from Noah's or something. So that mm-hmm. was that was a, a, a win for us because we were busy right from the get-go. And we were the only place, at least that I know of, that had a breakfast burrito. Now, that seems to feed every surfer in town here and a lot of teenagers. (laughs) And even some tennis moms will have a few um, every once in a while. But the the best-selling menu item was the breakfast burrito. So we knew that that would be 
uh, that would always work for us. So I would I would suggest to anybody wanting to do a small business in town, look for what doesn't exist already and or find your niche, your thing that you're better at or you are more passionate about or whatnot. And then keep it simple, keep it because people like simple. There's a lot of people in town here who are extraordinarily well off and have high-pressured jobs and then they come home and they just want to chill out and they want to be in a community like Manhattan Beach that's um, very family-oriented, good quality community values, that kind of thing. So keep it local, make it feel approachable and make it feel comfortable and all that. Um, Mm -hmm. If I were to do it all over again, one of the things that I think I would try and I think you I think you could get away with this in New York. I'm not sure about Manhattan Beach would be <laughs> to eliminate the ability to modify every single thing you order. Modifications mm-hmm. have become the, the, you no one wants to order anything the way it is anymore it's it, it, i there's a number of food fads or allergies which i I Mm -hmm. wonder if it's not just an intolerance or a preference, but lots and lots and lots of specifics that causes a number of things. It takes time at the register to type in the chapter of how they want their food (laughs) instead of just pushing a button. Mm -hmm. It takes time for my kitchen to read that and to pivot Mm -hmm. and make it differently. And they have a line, you know, they work down a line where everything is set up for them. So this particular meal is not in their line, and and it messes with the flow. When it comes out of the kitchen and is is passed to us, we have to look at it, read back through it, make sure it's exactly the way it's supposed to be, deliver it to the table, invariably the person's on the phone, so you can't really say, is this you know this is your XYZ ABC 1982594 choices, <laughs> and they just don't even look at you or acknowledge you. So you put it down and you just hope it's what they want. Here's the real kicker they come back to you about five minutes later and they say they don't like it. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking to myself, well, you don't like it because it doesn't taste good because your ingredients don't make sense. And we cook it for oh, the way that we've tested it a thousand times and we know what tastes good. But you're just going to have to <laughs> have that tiny little bit of salt and that tiny little bit of fat in there to bring out the flavors. So if I could do anything, it would be... Probably to say <laughs> limited modifications. I'm telling you, it is amazing the sense of entitlement. Like it, like we're personal chefs or something. I, I, it's just shocking, and it's gotten consistently worse during it's during COVID. Who knew? Um, and that's frustrating in this industry. I think sh- chefs in fancy restaurants sometimes will say no. I won't cook that way because yeah. I know how this is supposed to taste, and it's supposed to taste good. And you do all these things to it and then leave all this other stuff out, it's not going to taste good. You're not going to be happy. Then you're going to go online and say you had the worst meal of your life. 
So, mm-hmm. which, by the way, has happened. I'm not making that up. True story. Um, so, which is such a side note. Um, but I think keeping things, it goes back to this, keeping things simple and keeping things uh, kind of true to what you wanted when you opened it. Um and then in terms of the city, in the beginning of COVID, it felt like we were all in it together. It felt like everybody's sort of community and other business owners and city government. We were all in it together. We all were having to respond to something very quickly and without any blueprints. Um, that genuine sense of concern for each other has, uh, unfortunately, no longer. I don't think it exists. If it exists, I'm not being, um, I'm not the lucky recipient of it. It's a bit mm-hmm. of a dog-eat-dog out there now. Um, it's a land grab for outdoor seating. Um, it's it's the people with the loudest voices and the most money are getting... Um, well, they're just getting more space to do what now we can only do, which is seat outside. Changes in the dynamics of downtown significantly, taking away parking, um, making it feel like a, a town that exists solely on restaurants. And that's just my honest opinion. Probably will get me in trouble, but that's how I feel that we're in all this effort to pivot to these new rules and mandates, we're losing some of the charm of downtown Manhattan Beach. And yet somehow everybody has to survive, so they're doing what they have to do now. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. No, I, uh, Uh-oh, you guys are quiet. Was I not supposed to say that no, on air? No, I appreciate your candor. No. no, Kelly, you've always kept it real. You will not get in trouble for your opinion. That's, <laughs> that, yeah, no, no way. And... Um, you know, you've always you always have had this incredible insight uh, because you did grow up here, probably, yeah. and and you have your heart and soul. But you know, it it is it has become survival of the fittest because absolutely the, the businesses everybody wants to you know survive. No one just wants to throw in the towel and uh-huh. and, and there's no rule book. And but now I agree with you. It, we've kind of turned. It's a new chapter of you said land grab you know mm-hmm. for the outdoor dining and um i i've always been about balance and trying to keep mm-hmm. that balance and and advocate for all of the different types of businesses not just downtown but now the whole city too and it's balanced yeah i think you know you can't the, the scale can't tip too far um yeah. yes dining is very important to the city it brings a lot of people down to the city and we have phenomenal food and dining options, but mm-hmm. you can't. It ha- you have to have the services. You have to have the, the cute little retail shops. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to have that mix. And and parking has always been a problem. Um, it's going to be very interesting um, as we continue on the trajectory that we are going on. Um, what's going to happen with parking just really in the next month and two um, as sure. we hit the warmer months. Um, mm-hmm. And I, uh, I, I agree. And uh, it's, it's a bugger. It, it's, yeah. 
it's very difficult. Oh my gosh, we have one minute left, Joe. Here we are. Ah, it happens every yeah. time. Holy cow, we have one minute, minute left. I didn't even I hadn't looked at the clock in a few minutes. Um, oh my goodness. Um, okay, Joe, Kelly, we need to wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, well, let me tell you what's happened. Kelly. So, pe- uh, hopefully, yeah. people are listening. So, I was approached um, by a local family, uh, John Altamira, a local real estate. He has two sons who work with him. His oldest daughter has a dress shop uh, right on Mahab Beach Boulevard called Boulevard. His youngest daughter, just a sweet pea and a real go getter, uh, is going to run Homey. They have, they're going to leave it as homey uh, probably for the rest of this year. They are in the permit process. They'd like to build a deli in the back space. Great idea, authentic Italian subs and, and whatnot and some retail items. And then uh, leave it as a cafe up front, um, change the name, and change the menu to a certain extent. They'll always leave the favorites on. They've kept my staff, which just warms my heart, uh, and they're going to do fine. They're going to do just fine. She has the energy. They have uh, the finances. They're going to make some beautiful changes. I am so, so proud of her and so happy with my decision. Not one moment of regret. Not mm. one moment of regret, beautiful. and I would say it. Beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. That's a success. It really is. Wow. It really is, and not everybody gets to say that. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. Well, make I hope mistake. you stay retired. I hope so you stay do I. More, than, more than six weeks. Oh God, so do I. But I, I don't know. I'm getting the itch. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, no, not the itch. <laughs> the itch. Well, maybe the itch is to take care of yourself and you yeah. know reboot and reinvent. I have yeah. no doubt, Kelly, that you will. You know this. This is you know not the end by any means. It's just another <laughs> chapter, and I can't wait to see what that ne- the title of that next chapter. Oh, um, thank it, you. Uh, who knows? Um, you know, it'll be it'll be a good read though. That's for sure. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. You guys mm-hmm. have always been so supportive. Chamber of Commerce. Thank Yay! you. <laughs> You're so sweet. Thank you, Kelly. Okay, Joe, <laughs> take us home. Kelly and Kelly, thank you for a real uh, Manhattan Beach story. Uh, that's what it comes down to, uh, Kelly, Bailey, Haley. Um, you have made a mark. You've left a lot of people with a lot of great memories. Thank you. Thank you. I want to say one last word, Kelly. You have tattooed, I know you like tattoos, you Mm. have tattooed the heart and soul of Manhattan Beach. You forever, you know, you're forever a part of this. So, yeah, you have tattooed our hearts and soul. So, thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Okay. Have a wonderful weekend. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.